Welcome back to the Grapevine Podcast. I'm Iraj. I'm Leela. And I'm Liz. And today we're going to be talking about ableism. It comes in many different forms and many different types. And today we'll be discussing different forms that ableism comes in because it's better to stay educated on things like these. And it's better for more people to be aware on such happenings around the world. Yeah, so the main three types are direct ableism, which is basically consciously being oppressive towards disabled people just because of the fact that they're disabled. Whereas indirect ableism would be kind of unconsciously doing things that would be maybe labeled as ignorant and that you wouldn't really be thinking about. For example, using certain words like crazy or lame when talking to a friend or something like that. And then systemic ableism would be kind of like systemic racism, which is a result of centuries of prejudice and misunderstanding. And it's also formed like, like active discrimination. Yeah. So let's delve in deeper into uh, direct and indirect ableism. For example, I know a lot of people, especially examples through social media, there's people who make a joke out of it and use disabled parking spaces when they're actually not disabled. And there's also some people who like just do it in purposely because they want to like quickly get a food, even though it's a quick trip to like Starbucks or a quick trip to like a cafe, you shouldn't be using these disabled parking spaces because they're there for the disabled. Yeah, more centered around intellectual or mental disabilities. There's this, but also with physical disabilities, there are words such as high functioning and low functioning, which basically denote how much someone with a disability is able to sort of function. So high functioning would be they're able to function as quote unquote normal person and low functioning would be on the other side of the spectrum and these words are sort of not helpful anymore because in calling someone high functioning it's sort of erasing their struggles it's saying like oh they can function in society therefore they don't have it as bad but people who are high functioning can still have the same struggles as someone who's low functioning but they're sort of disregarded because they can pretend to be okay And then with low functioning, it's sort of patronizing in a way. Just because they can't do things that benefit other people doesn't mean we get to call them low functioning. These terms have been used for ages, but recently people have been saying that they're not actually that respectful or we should sort of change the way that we describe these things. Yeah, especially people should be more considerate about the words they use to describe the disabled and the mentally disabled. They're still humans. Rather than treating them with like a label, you should treat them like as a person and as a whole. So moving on from that, there's also the idea of ableism and how it's being like demonstrated is often seen in movies and books, especially with ableist tropes. And you can see in a lot. So we're gonna go through the ableist tropes and possibly like the movies and books. So one of the tropes that we've seen in articles and such is the quote unquote angry disabled person. It's basically about how someone who is disabled is always like miserable about it. It's portraying being disabled as something that's always going to be like a burden on their life rather than showing that someone who's disabled can still live a fulfilling life. They can still be happy, but they show it as if it's like so much of an impact on their life. They're always going to be miserable now and it's not helpful because it makes people with disabilities, they sort of feel bad because they're being shown this way. That's true. Another trope is the superhero and savant trope in which a intellectually disabled is portrayed to be a genius some way or manner. And basically it portrays the audience that being disabled is not something that you should be happy with. 
Another trope is the me before you trope. Yeah, this kind of trope would be called a better dead than disabled, which you said was seen in the movie Me Before You, and I'm sure like a lot of others as well. And then another trope is uh, disabled characters being portrayed as childlike and innocent. Yeah, so for example, of a disabled person being portrayed as childlike and innocent is Forrest Gump. It's a super popular movie, American movies, and kind of portrays the message that disabled people were put into the planet to make you feel better about yourself. It doesn't necessarily give a bad rep on disabled people, but it kind of gives stereotypes. And you want to erase those stereotypes that are put in disabled people just because of preconceived ideas that came from all these movies and from books. Because, as you know, stereotypes isn't always true. Another trope is the cure trope in which a disabled person was able to be miraculously cured. And basically, it portrays a message of how living a disabled life is not always acceptable and how the non-disabled can technically be abled if they tried harder, which is kind of BS because that's not how life works. Yeah. So after those tropes, we can also talk about this sort of phenomenon called inspiration porn. And it's not the kind of porn that you're thinking of. It's just got that name. And it's basically about how disabled people are used as objects of inspiration instead of just normal human beings who have strengths, who have weaknesses and so on. Instead, they're sort of seen as like, oh, you're so brave for being this. It's like they didn't do anything. You can praise them for something that they've done. Like if they do something that's difficult for them, you're allowed to be happy for them. And I'm sure they'd appreciate it. But just because they exist... It doesn't mean you have to sort of treat them as like, I can never live as a disabled person. You're so brave for doing this. It's just sort of patronizing. There's an example with people with diabetes. You know, they have to have insulin injections. And this is a very normalized sort of thing. People go like, I could never give myself injections. I could never do that. That's so hard for you. And it's just this whole idea of like treating them as if they're just sort of there to inspire you rather than they're actual human beings. Yeah, I've seen a lot of TikToks in which people who are disabled will tell their stories about how being in a restaurant or being in a any public area and then someone will walk up to them and call them inspirational even though they didn't really do anything, you know? It's a wrong mindset to have because it means that like disabled person is trying to be abled so they're inspirational because they're doing regular things. And that puts a preconception that disabled people can't regularly do regular things. Yeah. By applauding them for doing something normal, you're sort of expecting them to not be able to do that. Yeah. It's like, why would you expect them to not be able to do this? Yeah. Moving on from the direct and indirect forms of ableism, we can start discussing the systemic forms of ableism in which these uh, forms are ingrained in society. And a lot of the times it's not realized. Yeah. So it's a lot of things that we, someone who's not disabled, may not actually think about. For example, captioning in movies and videos. Now I'm thinking about it more and more, but usually before I wouldn't. Yeah. I know recently on um, TikTok, I've seen captioning on TikTok more and more like almost every TikTok on my for you page is captioned and I feel like it's just that much better because everyone can watch them it's much better now but even now like sometimes I come across videos that don't have captioning it kind of makes me think about like why yeah And then another example of systemic can also be found like within governmental laws. So for example, disabled people losing their benefits when they marry in the US. And it's like taking away what they need that money to like live and survive off their life. It's kind of unfair to them. And 
finally another sort of systemic in terms of like capitalism, which is something that I think about a lot in terms of like ableism and whatnot. Because this idea that if someone can't do work in society, that that makes them like not worthy of living. Some disabled people, like they can't leave their house, like they can't easily leave their house. So they can't actually participate in the workforce. And just by being that, they're sort of seen as like, oh, a burden on society or like, oh, they're taking up money from the government or whatever. And it's like, just because they can't like give you money doesn't mean that they're not worth caring about. If you think that life is work and someone can't work, you're saying like, oh, they don't have a life. It's like, no, there is life outside of work and we should understand that. Yeah. Then on top of that, a lot of people don't also like the fact that if someone can't work, then you provide them with some help. And that's not something that's accepted either when it should be. Like everyone should have access to basic necessities in life that help you survive because they're important for your survival, you know? Like, it shouldn't be a big deal to provide that help, but yet it is. Moving on from the forms of ableism, I think it's important to stress the resurgence of the R slur. And like any slur, it can only be reclaimed by only those that have a disability. You shouldn't be saying it for, like, the laws and for how how people have been doing it, because it's offensive in many different ways. Yeah, you know Among Us, right? Mm -hmm. And you can go to, like, random people's, like, rooms... And then you join a call on Discord and you just play. I've only done that twice, right? In both of them, they both used the Arsler. It was so jarring because I thought that the Arsler was a thing of the past. Like I hadn't heard it in ages. And then suddenly people were saying it again. And I was like, I thought we'd agreed that this wasn't okay. But yeah, it's had a, a long history of being used against people who have disabilities. And so... Oh yeah, and I was going somewhere with my story and I forgot where I was going. <laughs> my story is... When they used the Arsler, me and my friend who were playing, we told them, we were like, you can't use that word. And they were like, actually, shouldn't we be taking the meaning out of these words? And that would be more like beneficial. And it's like, well, that's for someone with a disability to decide, not for you. You're not the one who gets to decide if something isn't offensive anymore because you were never offended by it. Mm, that's true also compared to the n-word with racism and african-americans and other words like the arster i guess it's less known and less thought of as offensive because there's not much people educated on it so we wanted to stress this point that you shouldn't be using the arster whenever you want it's for the disabled people to decide like whether they want to use it or not because it's a form of oppression is and there's history behind that word yeah right so there are a few other questions that we should bring up And one of which is, why is it important that we raise awareness about ableism? And I guess, as Iraj said before, with the captioning and whatnot, small things like that can be overlooked by people who don't have disabilities. And it's the same for like, like even the major issues. They're usually just passed off by people who don't have disabilities. And it's important for us to start listening to people with disabilities when they say something is offensive. Yeah, I think right now we live in a world where we talk a lot about many different topics, but I still haven't heard as much about this, which is why I think it's also important to talk about. It's not like it's a competition or anything, but I definitely hear a lot more about sexism and feminism and racism, but ableism is always something that isn't as much talked about as the other topics. Another thing to talk about is that I don't think any of us are disabled. 
just the three of us who have been talking here, we are not disabled. And so anything that we say can 100% be overturned by someone who's disabled, like if they just say the word, because anything that we say is not at all comparable to an actual disabled person's experience. And as we have been doing, we've been sort of using articles and we've been sort of seeing things that we find online. And we've been sort of trying to portray this to you guys as a part of the Grapevine podcast. But it's important to note that we are not disabled. And so if we say something that's incorrect, we will immediately retract it because we have no sort of authority over actual people who have disabilities. Yeah, yeah, because everything we're talking about is just through our own research. The purpose of this podcast, after all, is just to educate the general public with the research that we did. You take our words with a grain of salt and you just take it into consideration when you're like going about in life. But if there's an actual disabled person with their own experiences, then they can easily overturn our words, like what Liz said. Yeah. Continuing on, some more recent stuff in terms of ableism to do with listening to like actual disabled people. They're on TikTok. I've seen a lot of TikToks being made about Sia's new movie. It's called, I think, Music or something. And a lot of autistic people are very upset about it because it's meant to be a movie about autism for people with autism, but they haven't used an autistic actor. And Sia, who's started the movie, hasn't really been doing realistic research. And a lot of people have seen clips and whatnot, and they've described like, this isn't a good portrayal of people with autism. I think I saw an audio clip of her describing like, oh, how did you teach this the actor that how to act like an autistic person and she was like oh I knew someone in my alcohol anonymous meetings and she had a son with autism and it's like right so you're basing it on one person great (laughs) especially considering how autism is often on a spectrum and often seen within a huge range of characteristics and huge range of like how you're supposed to act so what we see with our two eyes might be different on like how they think we might be exaggerating certain actions or exaggerating if you're an actor or exaggerating certain things to provide that effect right and you don't want to provide that effect because you want to capture that essence especially if you're talking about disabled and talking about mental health or you're talking about like issues in general and like different disabilities you want to portray the essence of it so no there won't be any stereotypes that will be created there won't be any misunderstandings and no preconceived notions with it Yeah, and one very important thing about this movie is I saw people were legitimately telling people with autism not to watch the movie because it includes stuff like graphic meltdown scenes and a horrible response from the neurotypicals around the main character, including like physically restraining her and whatnot. And it's just a horrible representation of autism and how people with autism are meant to be handled. Yeah, which is something that can lead to death actually so it just shows that they didn't even put a little bit of research into it like if it was a movie that was actually meant to spread awareness they would have hired autistic actors and actually researched like something so simple as not showing like this violent meltdown scene and restraining the character it's something so simple that could have been done Also, the fact that Autism Speaks, I think, is involved, which it's kind of like a hate group. It's not something that actually helps people with autism. So if just a little bit of research had gone in, it would have showed 
people that they actually cared and they cared about raising awareness. But all of these things that we talked about just clearly shows that none of this, none of that mattered to them. Yeah. So to conclude this podcast, I want to note how we're trying to raise awareness once again. And it's important to not judge appearances. Uh, The disabled people are also, once again, they're human. So you don't want to treat other humans differently. It's the same idea with portrayed with different ethnicities and different races and different genders. You treat them like a regular human. You don't treat them any special way, idolizing them. They never requested for any of that. Just treat them how you would regularly treat a human and you're good to go. Yeah, and as we said before, listen to disabled people about their struggles. If you or if someone else has done something that a disabled person says is disrespectful, just accept it and say, oh, I, I'm sorry, I won't do it again, and perhaps maybe learn more about why it's disrespectful. Yeah, so that's the end of our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this podcast on ableism, and we hope to see you in our next podcast. Thank you.